Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, geriatric physical therapist, weight loss coach, and passionate disease prevention expert. I used to struggle with emotional eating, sugar cravings, and consistency. Then I learned how to lose the mental and physical weight once and for all with a low insulin lifestyle. Each week on the Reshape Your Health podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. This episode answers one of the most commonly asked questions I get from my members, and that's how to get more protein while using intermittent fasting to lose weight. Hello, and thank you for tuning back into another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to this YouTube channel or podcast wherever you're watching or listening. While I'm the one talking to the camera right now, I want you to know that I see you in the comments on YouTube and in my messages on Instagram too. I love connecting with you and hearing from you, so consider this a two-way conversation in the comments throughout this episode. And again, if you get any value from this episode, also be sure to give it a thumbs up on YouTube, leave a comment, and share it with a friend. Your support means so much to me, and it helps this episode reach more people to spread the low insulin lifestyle message. Plus, I love hearing your questions. It's actually how I pick what content to create next. Let me ask you a question. Now, I told you this was a two-way street here. Have you ever struggled with hunger when losing weight, sugar or carb cravings, stubborn belly fat, or like you can't seem to build muscle? If the answer is yes to any of those, let me know which one in the comments below. And my guess is that if you're struggling with one or more of those symptoms, you may be under eating an essential macronutrient, and that's protein. This is one of the first aha moments most of my new Zivli members have. They realize that the low-fat, low-point, low-calorie diets they've tried in the past were mostly carbs. One member actually said, oh my gosh, I did not realize I was a walking carb until I started tracking my macros. The high-carb approach has unfortunately led many to lose the same 20 or 30 pounds four or five times in their life. It simply doesn't work. That's because your body is always running on the sugar you're eating and never has a chance to use your own fat for fuel. As frustrating as the lack of weight loss is, the low energy and poor markers of metabolic health are worse. Things like blood sugar, blood pressure, and triglycerides creep up over time, especially if those carbs aren't coming from whole food sources. To fix the yo-yo weights, many turn to intermittent fasting, but intermittent fasting is not a cure-all you're still going to have to fuel your body well during your eating window. And that starts with prioritizing protein. That's because protein is the building block for muscle like this. And the more muscle you have, the more insulin receptors you have, and the more room you have to store glucose as muscle glycogen before it's turned into body fat. Plus muscle takes more energy for your body to maintain than fat tissue, so you can eat more and maintain your weight when you have more muscle. This episode is going to teach you how much protein you actually need to lose weight and how to eat more protein when using intermittent fasting. 
you may have heard that intermittent fasting is one of the best ways to lose weight, and for many it is. It can be the needle mover in a plateau. Plus, it's easy, convenient, free, and saves you time on meal prep and dishes, which is my favorite part. But a common pitfall people who are trying to lose weight can fall into is using intermittent fasting as a means of restriction, falling back into the old diet mentality. Then when they do eat, they're under fueling and putting their body in a state of starvation. When done right, intermittent fasting boosts your metabolism. When done wrong, it's no better than a regular chronic calorie restricted diet that's been shown to crash your metabolism for six months to four years, leading to weight regain. As important as the fasting is the fueling, there are many benefits of a high protein diet. What you eat during your eating window can either work for or against you when losing weight. It's vital that you work to eat in a way that keeps insulin low and supports healthy muscle mass. A key part of this is reducing the number of times you eat in a day and eating larger meals. We want to move away from mini meals and towards big meals with lots of protein. Protein helps support your lean muscles, bone, hair, and nails. Plus, it triggers satiety hormones like peptide YY and CCK in your gut to keep you full between meals. It has a moderate impact on your insulin and a slow blood sugar response. The increased sense of fullness combined with stable blood sugars really makes a big difference in reducing sugar cravings. Before I get to the strategy, I want to highlight common limiting thoughts I hear people have when it comes to eating more protein. The first limiting thought is that you have to be hungry to lose weight. If you have this belief, even if it's hiding way down in your subconscious, when you eat a high protein diet that triggers your satiety or fullness hormones, you're not gonna feel like you're going to lose weight because the only time you've been able to lose weight in the past is by starving yourself or with some crazy diet. The antidote to this is to have a long-term health-focused mindset. The weight will come off slower, but it will stay off longer and you won't be miserable, cold, tired, or hungry in the process. The other objection that comes up often are people who live plant-based or are afraid if they eat more complete protein from animal products, their cholesterol levels will go up. And this is true. Eating more animal-based products will raise your cholesterol. But as I've discussed in other interviews like this one with Dr. Nadir Ali and this one with Nina Teicholz, we don't need to fear elevated cholesterol alone. It's important to take it in the full context of other metabolic markers for health. More and more research is coming out in support of higher cholesterol, even higher LDL, because what matters more than the total cholesterol or LDL cholesterol is the particle size of LDL. As Dr. Bickman describes in his book, Why We Get Sick, Pattern A LDL indicates you have more large buoyant LDL. Think of these like beach balls floating in your arteries. They won't cause much damage. Now consider the alternative. Pattern B is small and dense, like a golf ball. That golf ball will cause more damage than the beach ball. So pattern B is considered unhealthy. While you can get your subparticles for LDL tested, Dr. Bigman talks about the poor man's method to estimate your LDL pattern. 
To do this simple calculation, you'll need your triglycerides and HDL. Then take triglycerides divided by HDL. If your ratio is two or less, you're likely trending toward pattern A, the large, more buoyant and healthy LDL. If your ratio is above two, you're likely trending more towards pattern B and should take that as a warning sign. You can get further blood testing done to determine your real levels, but I'm not a big fan of testing just for testing sake. I'd next take a look at your glucose, blood pressure, triglycerides, and HDL. Those will usually provide a better picture of your metabolic health. And for those of you who are already eating a high protein diet, first of all, keep it up and give yourself a big pat on the back. Second of all, keep listening because at the end of this episode, I'm going to share a quick tip for how to optimize your protein intake even more by focusing on a crucial amino acid that will help you build more lean muscle. Getting enough protein in your diet is an excellent goal, but remember that progress always beats perfection and consistency matters. As you listen to this episode, try to identify the lowest hanging fruit for you to optimize and go from there. Every effort you make to prioritize your health will help you take care of everything and everyone else in your life easier. I know you can do this, and my team and I are here to help and support you along the way. All right, here is a preview of what you're going to learn in this episode. First, I'll answer the popular question, how much protein do I need a day? And teach you how to calculate your protein intake or needs for each day. Next, we'll break that down into how many meals you want to eat when you're intermittently fasting and talk about how much protein you need per meal to stimulate muscle protein synthesis or new muscle growth. We'll focus on one amino acid in particular, leucine, and talk about the leucine benefits and the leucine threshold to actually repair and build muscle. I'll briefly touch on complete versus incomplete protein and why the quality of your protein matters when it comes to reaching your body composition goals. You'll learn 10 complete protein foods that are also high in leucine. These are going to be your best protein sources to lose fat and build muscle. Plus, I'll share an example from my own life about how I've optimized my collagen protein smoothie to get more leucine and what supplement I've started adding to my strength workouts. At the end, we are going to discuss practical application tips for how to get more protein in your diet when intermittent fasting to lose weight or just to maintain your health. If you're watching or listening to this episode when it comes out, be sure to stay till the very end so you can learn how to get the New Year's discount for my online weight loss and health program formerly known as Weight Loss for Health, now called Zivli. To learn more about Zivli and get started today, you can go to www.zivli.com forward slash join. That's www.zivli.com forward slash join. It's a detailed program that includes personalized one-on-one coaching and an easy to use online curriculum so you can learn what it actually means to get and stay healthy as efficiently as possible. Thanks and enjoy this episode. Let's start with an FAQ that's frequently answered wrong. And that's how much protein do I need in a day? Most people are drastically under eating protein. 
a recent 2020 publication sums up the importance of getting more than the recommended daily allowance for protein to ward off sarcopenia or muscle loss with aging. The recommended dietary allowance or RDA for protein of 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day is deemed adequate and meets the metabolic demands of this nutrient irrespective of age and gender. And for those who are wondering, there are 2.2 kilograms in a pound. So for example, to calculate the RDA for someone who weighs 150 pounds, you would take 150 pounds divided by 2.2 pounds per kilogram and you get about 68 kilograms. Then take 68 kilograms times 0.8 grams per kilogram and that's about 55 grams of protein per day. However, the recommended daily allowance is thought to be insufficient for repeated robust stimulation of muscle protein synthesis and maintenance of muscle mass in older adults. Here's a scary fact. A recent study found that only 50 to 69% of older adults met the minimum protein recommendation of 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. In other words, only 50 to 69% of people who weigh 150 pounds are eating at least 55 grams of protein per day. Higher protein intakes of 1.0 to 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight per day are associated with increased muscle mass and strength in older adults. This means less frailty and fractures, less hospitalizations, surgeries, and rehab bills. As we age, our body becomes less efficient at pretty much everything, including making muscle. So total protein needs and protein needs per meal is actually higher in older versus younger adults. This is problematic for many older individuals who typically consume dietary protein unevenly across meals, with the majority of protein intake being consumed during only one meal. This uneven pattern of daily protein intake likely results in a failure to meet the threshold for maximal muscle protein synthesis stimulation during most meals, which as I'll discuss here in more detail and give portion size examples, is about 30 grams of protein. Said simply, aging adults need more protein spaced throughout the day to ward off sarcopenia or that loss of muscle mass with aging. 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight a day is not enough. Of note, the upper end for protein recommendations is 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. I recommend 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. Another simple calculation I like that's usually on the higher end is one gram per pound of ideal body weight. That's what I personally shoot for most days, but I also do strength training several times a week. Let's do the math to see how both of these equations work well to calculate your protein needs for the day. Let's say you weigh 200 pounds, but your ideal weight is 140 pounds. 200 pounds divided by 2.2 kilograms per pound is about 91 kilograms times 1.5 is about 136 grams of protein per day. So pretty close to the 140 grams for the one gram per pound of ideal body weight equation. 
Let's return to that example of someone who weighs 150 pounds and see how the recommended amount of protein is different when you use the 1.5 grams per kilogram equation versus the RDA, which is about 55 grams. 150 divided by 2.2 is about 68 times 1.5 is 102. There is a big difference between 55 grams and 102 grams. I hope you're aiming high. When intermittently fasting, most of our members do two to three meals a day with a moderate intermittent fasting schedule. For example, 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating each day. Sometimes they mix that up and do a longer fast a day or two a week. It depends on their goals and how mentally they handle intermittent fasting. What's more important than how many meals you have is how much protein you have in each meal. You may need to add a second or third meal to reach your optimal amount of protein for the day to build and maintain healthy muscle. That's why I'm not a huge fan of OMAD or one meal a day every day of the week. Remember that healthy muscle acts as a reservoir for glucose and helps improve insulin sensitivity, making weight loss and weight maintenance easier. When using intermittent fasting to lose weight, it's vital that you reach the minimum amount of protein needed to stimulate muscle protein synthesis so that you can maintain or build your lean muscle mass while losing fat mass. Adequate protein plus resistance training when you're losing weight will help prevent you from crashing your metabolism. The absolute minimum should be 20 to 30 grams, preferably closer to a minimum of 30 grams of high quality protein per meal. Obviously, if you're eating two meals a day, you're going to need more than that minimum amount to reach your total daily needs. Even if you get two doses of 50 grams of protein per meal, you're going to be doing well and exceeding the RDA. We'll talk about practical strategies to increase your protein intake when intermittent fasting in a bit. But first, I really want you to understand why the minimum dose of protein per meal is important. The minimum of 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal necessitates that it's a high quality protein, meaning it has all the essential amino acids. The one in particular that's important for muscle protein synthesis is leucine, and there are a lot of leucine benefits. So this is really interesting. Leucine is suspected to be the only amino acid that can stimulate muscle growth and help prevent the deterioration of muscle with age. The leucine threshold is the amount of leucine that's been shown to trigger muscle protein synthesis. The amount of leucine required to do that is at least three grams, but preferably closer to four. This is the amount of leucine naturally found in about 30 grams of many animal-based protein sources. Here are several examples of complete protein foods. The ones I chose are great for weight loss because they are low in carbohydrates. I've also included in the table how much leucine is in the food. As I go through these food examples, I want you to visualize a normal plate of food for you. Think about if it has at least 30 grams of high quality protein. Assess whether or not you think you have as much protein as you need. This is where tracking macros can become really helpful. 
Five ounces of steak has 42 grams of protein and 3.5 grams of leucine. Seven ounces of salmon has 44 grams of protein and 3.22 grams of leucine. Four ounces of chicken has 33 grams of protein and three grams of leucine. Six ounces of tilapia has 44 grams of protein and 3.48 grams of leucine. Six ounces of shrimp has 40 grams of protein and 3.33 grams of leucine. Four cups of cow's milk has 32 grams of protein and 3.2 grams of leucine. One and a half cups of cottage cheese has 35 grams of protein and 3.84 grams of leucine. 1.5 cups of low sugar Greek yogurt has 27 grams of protein and 3.75 grams of leucine. One and a half cups of tempeh, a soy product, has 46 and a half grams of protein with 3.57 grams of leucine. Five eggs has 31 grams of protein with three grams of leucine. These protein serving sizes may be double or more what you're used to. This is what it means to prioritize protein in your diet. When you actually eat enough protein, you won't have as much room for the unhealthy stuff. Now, personally, I'm not sitting around calculating how much leucine is in my meal. I just try to get a good dose, meaning at least 30 grams, but ideally closer to 50 of animal-based protein per meal. Now, if you are a vegan, vegetarian, or have a food allergy that narrows your protein choices, there are branched chain amino acid supplements like this one from First Form that I've started to use during my strength training workouts to boost my muscle growth. It's a great way to still hit your leucine threshold if you choose not to or aren't able to have more animal protein in your diet. Speaking of protein supplements, let's dig into this a little bit. Two cow's milk protein supplements you may have heard of are whey and casein. Whey is about 10% leucine and casein is about 8% leucine. You'd need about 30 grams of whey protein to reach the three gram anabolic trigger and a little more than that for casein. Whey protein digests faster than casein. So while casein can be a helpful supplement to reach your total daily protein goal, whey protein will stimulate greater muscle protein synthesis immediately after a workout, which is why so many bodybuilders drink whey protein shakes. One of my favorite protein powders is Vital Proteins Collagen. I really like the chocolate flavor. Now, if I were to only have a serving of this protein powder and some water for my morning smoothie, I'd get 0.524 grams of leucine. To make up for that lack of leucine in my collagen protein powder, I, I add one cup of whole milk and three quarters of a cup of full fat Greek yogurt. 0.8 plus 1.875 plus 0.524 equals 3.1 grams of leucine. So I was at the bare minimum with my smoothie to trigger muscle protein synthesis. That's why I started adding a branched chain amino acid supplement to my lifestyle. Studies in humans show that even in the presence of a high protein meal, adding leucine further augments protein synthesis because muscle protein synthesis is what creates new muscle tissue Optimizing your leucine amount per meal, even if your meal is high in protein, may further boost muscle gain. In fact, 
Recent studies suggest that the chief factor in determining how well a protein builds muscle is how much leucine the protein contains. That's why collagen supplements market themselves as being good for your hair and your skin and your nails, but can't boost the muscle building effects that whey protein supplements can. As a reminder here from one of my faves, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, you can't out-exercise a bad diet and you can't out-diet no training. If you're serious about changing your body composition, you're going to have to make time to add resistance training or strength training into your lifestyle, but that's a topic for another time. For now, I'm going to share five practical tips that I've used in my own life to get more protein in my diet. The simplest way to get more protein is to eat one and a half to two times your protein serving size at each meal. If you're used to eating three ounces of chicken, try four and a half to six. The second tip is to find what I call protein tack-ons for your meals. These are high protein foods that you can tack on to a meal. Examples include string cheese, shredded cheese, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, milk, hemp hearts, smaller portions of protein bars or shakes, peanut butter, chia seeds, edamame, peanut butter powder, hard-boiled eggs, jerky, beans, or lentils, or pastas made from beans, lentils, or edamame. If you have other ideas for protein tack-ons, leave them in a comment on YouTube. I do advocate for a mostly whole food diet, but being honest, I supplement my protein nearly every day simply because I love my protein shakes. The third tip is to add a protein shake to your day. My favorite is Health Code by Dr. Benjamin Bickman. I'm a proud affiliate of this product and you can get 15% off your first order if you use the code ZIVLY when you check out. There's also a link in the description of this video to Health Code. And for those listening to the podcast version, it's HLTH Code. I also like the Vital Proteins Collagen Powder and Garden of Life Plant-Based Vanilla, but I've learned to always add some form of animal protein or complete protein, such as whole fat Greek yogurt or whole milk. Of course, there are a lot of different protein powders out there, and as I've mentioned, you want to be sure you're getting at least three grams of leucine per meal. Many of these powders will show you how much leucine is in a serving, so be sure you're looking at your nutrition panels. Also, be on the lookout for their ingredients. You want to try and find clean brands that don't add a bunch of sugar or unhealthy artificial sweeteners like sucralose. Even the first form brand that I mentioned had sucralose in their branched chain amino acid supplement. My fourth tip is to add protein bars, either as a standalone protein snack or preferably to increase the protein content of your meal. The Quest and One brands are getting better about not adding sucralose to their bars, but they still have quite a bit of sugar alcohols or polyols that can cause GI upset like gas, diarrhea, or bloating in some people. I typically get the Kirkland protein bars and I like the brownie or peanut butter flavors best. The last tip is a little different and that's to actually track your macronutrients. If it's important, we should be tracking it. One of my clients recently got rid of their Weight Watchers app after learning their points system is arbitrary at best and doesn't tell the amount of protein in foods, just the points and calories, which honestly isn't that helpful for reaching your daily protein goals. 
I like the Carb Manager app. It's free, intuitive, and simple to use. Our program Zivly has how-to videos to get your Carb Manager set up and also includes a complimentary lifestyle audit where we can do this for you or double check your work to be sure you have it set up correctly to reach your weight loss and fitness goals. You can get free access to these carb manager setup videos at www.zivly.com forward slash macros. That's zivly.com forward slash macros. Speaking of Zivly, I told you if you stuck around to the end, you could learn how to get a discount on the program. So if you're watching live from now until January 5th, 2022, you can get $100 off Zivly with the coupon code 2022. That's 2022. If you're already a member listening to this, you know that's a steal worth sharing with a friend or family member. If you've been following me for a while and have been waiting for a sign to join, this is your sign. Give yourself the permission to create room and time and space in your schedule for you in 2022. Then use that time to learn how to live a low insulin lifestyle with Zivli. There are two important things I want you to know about Zivli. First, unlike any other weight loss program out there, it comes with a lifetime membership. That means there are no monthly recurring subscription fees after the initial joining fee. Second, at least at this time the video goes live, it's the only program that comes with a complimentary 60-minute consultation to ensure you are comfortable using the online platform, have your macros set up correctly, and get your initial questions answered. Here is my challenge for those of you who are not a Zivli member already. Go to zivly.com forward slash join to check out the details. If you feel like it's a good fit for you, use the 2022 code for $100 off. But remember, this deal expires January 5th, 2022. This will take you no longer than 10 minutes, and whether you join or not, at least you'll have made an active, conscious decision to join or not. And that will free up headspace for you to pursue your goals in whatever way you feel is right for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any more questions about protein or how to get more protein in your diet, or if you have other tips you'd like to share with the community, leave them in a comment on YouTube. We have lots of great content coming out this year, and I'm thrilled to be able to share it with you. Be sure to subscribe to this channel, like this video, and share it with a friend if you found it helpful. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast version and haven't left a rating and review, please take a moment to do that today. I'll talk with you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Reshape Your Health podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and don't forget to tell a friend. To learn more and connect online, check out the links in the show notes.